a tremendous chus, honor and privilege for us to have uh, Rabin back. Good. Uh, also, chus for me and a simcha to see a good and old friend. Um, besides being a very famous teacher in seminaries and yeshivas all around Yerushalayim, Rabin has Talmidim and Talmidot around the world, hundreds if not thousands, probably thousands. But a point I want to make also is that he was a huge and dedicated Talmud to Moshe Shapiro, going to, I'm sure, thousands of his shurim and driving him weekly. And uh, not just Rudman, but his whole family was close to Ramosha. I remember him telling me about how deeply they were all affected by his uh, unfortunate, in a certain way, early demise for people today. And like Balmer is all about mysterious Torah. In certain ways, a very um, mysterious way, a curious way, an, un, an untangible day. But I think Rav Rubin himself spoke about it in past years. I don't think we talk about this year, but the idea of it's a day of mysterious Torah, something we can relate to. There was a day, even if you're not a Kabbalistic learner and you don't relate to that exactly, but it's a day of revealing the Torah. It's a day on the way to Shavuos and the revealing the Torah Shavuos, but in a simple way. We knew that this was the day when the Zikin came into the world, be very exciting to us. People love Torah. Even if you, you know, we're learning Nazikin. Let's say you don't even think about learning Kachim. When are you going to learn Kachim? But the fact that Kachim came into the world today, that should be relevant to us and significant to us. So a whole, a whole great light of Torah came into the world. It's Panimia Torah, but it's called Panimia Torah. It's part of the Pardes of Torah. Part of Torah came into the world. And, and, uh, and for us, Rup Shimbar Yuchai was the Rebbe who was Makabal the Torah from above was revealed to him, and we are Makabal from that Rebbe, you know, each person on his own level. If you ever learn Mishil Sharm, you're also part of that Kabbalah. If you ever learn the Ramchal anywhere, if you learn Ramal, Maral, if you learn Chasidus, if you learn the Grah, you're part of that. And therefore I thought it was, um, so really, it makes sense that someone, part of their credentials is that they're a Talmud. And I thought it's a good day for everybody to think about that question. And what's your answer to, who are my Rebbeim? In life, who are your Rebbeim? Who will be your Rebbeim? And what does that mean that you have a Rebbe? And some people say like, oh yeah, you ever get this out of I need a Rebbe, I'm starting to date. So when, you, when you're dating, you need a Rebbeitzin. Maybe Tarty, some of the Rebbeitzins give better Eitzes, and you want to marry a Rebbeitzin. You don't need a Rebbe. Rebbe's not for dating. That's Eitza. Is that what a Rebbe is? So it's something to think about today, which is really about Kleisro being so excited you know, tremendously excited about a Rebbe, you know, about a certain Rebbe, every person has to ask themselves that question, you know. Do I have Rebbeim? Is that part of my thing? I'm independent, too independent. Is that what it means? We're supposed to be too independent, we have Rebbeim? And if I have Rebbeim, what does it mean? Just one other, to end on a Sameach point that I heard last night, and of course, I'm just as, by way of introduction, I just heard something so nice. I have a, a friend named Shimmy Kaufman. You know Shimmy? You know Shimmy Kaufman? Hanan son? Hanan son. But on from Aish, no? Anyway. Anyway, so, my friend Shimmy Kaplan is like, he's cutting edge Kiruv in Israel. So cutting edge, you might even not even realize it's Judaism, but it's very, very cutting edge. So he is, uh, he runs these major polls. I'm telling you a factual thing, and I forgot the name, but he told me that he paid a pollster, a major secular, I think, pollster, like the type of the guys the government's used to, who knows who's gonna win the election, things like that. So it's a, it's a Miktoa. It's a field called Posters, and he forgot, I forgot the name, a two-word name, but he said one of the top Israeli polls, maybe the top Israeli polls is to see, like, to get the pulse of where the Israeli 
society is. He told me this last night, 12 hours ago, 15 hours ago. So he said that, um, he said, uh, you know, what Jewish identity, and and I was asking him, how do you find, like, all this uh, anti-government stuff and anti-judicial reform, how is it affecting the McCarvin? So he told me, he said, I did a poll, a professional poll, a while ago, and uh, and you'd, you'd be you know shocked and happy at the numbers. Ninety-one percent of Israelis want a Jewish identity. That's part of their thing, like a Jewish identity, etc. And he said, in the midst of the ref- of the fight about the reform, he said the numbers are even better. That's a, that's a fact. That's what he said, which was really a big chizik for me. Uh, and um, and then anecdotally, he said to me that he thinks that really the bicker fighters are just the last generation, the young generation that want Yiddishkeit and they're open to Yiddishkeit. And today, of Rub Shimon being a day that's, as Rabbi Kalinsky said yesterday, it's a day, Rub Shimon Lakol, it says that, it, that you see every type goes to Meiron, everybody feels Shaykh to Meiron. So big chizik to know, you know, don't, don't get confused by uh, a few, you know, a miyot of the population that's trying to push, push so hard to, to get a secular character to the state, like we spoke about, that really the the um, uh, is you know our our country and our our uh, Medina is going the right way, Baruch Hashem. Anyway, that's just a little bit about like Bomer type things, having a Rebbe, and that was just uh, dumb. I'm not at all taking from Rabbi Rubin's time. I'm looking forward to hearing him, and you all hear what a special speaker we spoke to you. All right, Rubin, thank you. Shumacher, Shus, today, Shivas, Shabachrim, feel bad disturbing lunch. Um, so I think the title that was put up was 48 Ways to Wisdom. Did they put up a title? They put up uh, something? Yeah. So what I'd like to talk about today is 48, 49, and 50. And it's actually very appropriate because this week is the beginning of Parshas Bahar. beginning of Parshas Bahar talks about it at the beginning, about the idea of the Yovel. And the, the Ramban himself connects the idea of Yovel to the idea of Svira, and it goes all the way back to Ramban at the beginning of Chumash. Ramban, the introduction to Chumash, where he talks about the idea of Yovel. I'd like to talk, though, for a moment about numbers. We take numbers for, for granted. There's one, there's two, there's three, there's four. Two ones make two, two twos make four, and we deal with numbers as something that exists. However, there's a very interesting idea, which goes like this. What was the first thing HaKadosh Baruch Hu created? So most people will tell you, Bereshah's Baralokim, it says Shemayim Vesaretz. God created heaven and earth. Right? He created. How did He create it? He created everything in the world with Asar Mamoros, by saying Vayomer ten times. However, in Chazal, it is Yartzai Rashbi, we can quote a Zohar, just in parentheses, Rabbi Shumach quoted our mutual Rebbe, Rabbi Shapiro's Zohar, he would say during Sphira, that there seems to be some kind of expansion of the ability to talk about Primiusatayra. He said, open any sitter, the sitter that a little boy gets in Kita Aleph in first grade, and go where it says the Sphirasa, where it says, Chesed Shabachesed, Vur Shabachesed. In this most simple Siddurim, it talks about the Kabbalistic concepts of the Sphiros. So it seems we're allowed to talk about it, especially during Sphira, which is when everyone is saying that however much or not people actually understand what it is. But, in the Zayar Kodesh it says, what Koshboch created was Bereshus Bara Elohim S. Hashem created S, Aleph through Tav, the letters of the Aleph base. 
Because the world is created by Saruman Moros and speaking ten times. So in order to speak, you need words. In order to have words, you need letters. So the letters themselves need to be created. The letters of the Aleph base are creations of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But then the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, because, I don't know why I'm quoting here, Rosh the great Rashiv of Torah or the one who maybe people are familiar with from the myriad tzitzis that he used to wear and wearing tefillin all day. I don't know if anyone here had the opportunity to go see him. Some, I'm sure people did. But he one time told me, not that I'm a Talmud of his, I'm not saying that I was, but I would ask him shyless, I would try to. He said, the way you become a Lamdan is you don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. Don't trust anyone. Someone says something, don't trust them. Why? How? Does it work? Does it make sense? Just because someone with a beard says it, don't trust them. So the Gemara doesn't trust the Chazal. Chazal say it says there are seven Mamoros. So take out your Chumash and count. There are actually only nine. So the Gemara answers, Bereshis is also one of the Mamoros. The word Bereshis is one of the things that Kushbohu created. What did Hashem create when he said Bereshis? He created the idea of numbers, the idea of time. Bereshis. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. There are numbers, there's a system of numbers. And without Bereshis, without time, I don't know if anyone here is a science fiction fan, but without time, there's no Bechira. Right? Because I can move in time, so there are no consequences in my actions, because I can always undo them. So Rukh created the concept of time, the concept of numbers, Bereshis. Which, by the way, is what I think what it means when it says that Shuvah was created before Bereshis. Because Shuvah actually allows you to travel through time. Right? You can, I don't know, if anyone here has ever done something and felt bad about it and said, I'm sorry, and I'll never do it again, it doesn't change what you did. But in Shuvah, it does. In fact, not only does Shuvah change what you did, Shuvah goes ahead and Shuvah makes what you did into a mitzvah. If you're true of Me'avah. But in the world that we live in, in the world of Akira, the first thing that needs to be created is voracious, is time, is numbers, is a system. And in fact, not only are numbers created, we talk about this in one of the most holy days of the year, on Belera Seder. The end of the Seder is we count. Echod miyodea, shnaim miyodea, shloshom miyodea. And we count. What are we counting? What do you mean Shloshem Yodeh? Shloshem is one, and another one, and another one. So I have three. What it means is it's not that there is three ones. Three is a concept. In other words, three ones, once you create ones, another one, another one, another one. Three, that's three ones. The number is a concept. The number three is its own concept, which is not just three ones. It's an idea of three. And if you go through Echem Yodeh, you know, Pinkus talks about this in the Sefer Berchot B'Cheshbon. The idea is that numbers have an existence, not just lots of ones, but a concept of a number. And therefore, we stop at 13, but there are numbers beyond that. Right? Different numbers, for example, the number 1,000, which in Rosh Hashanah is Aleph. Think about it, it's Aleph. Right? Aleph, Aleph, the, inter- the interaction between them. There's a system of gematria, where tough is the highest number, right? 400. But there are the double letters. Chaf, men, nun, pei, tzadi. Go all the way up to 900. Tzadi, sofit, the end tzadi, 
is actually 900. So the highest number you can write in Gematria is Tzadi, Tzadi Tet, 999. Using individual letters, that's the highest you can go. So what comes after 999? Elif, which is Aleph, you go back to the beginning. Meaning numbers are not just counting. Numbers are a construct that are Kishbaruch created. And therefore, when we talk about Gematria, when we talk about numbers, it's not just a game. I always say, Gematrias get a bad rap, they get a bad reputation, because people say they're at Sheva Brachas. You know, the square root of the column cell phone number is equal to the cube of the Chassan's address. You see where it's a Shidduch, therefore it's a Shidduch, Ayyishama. They get a bad reputation, Gematrias. Because Gematrias are, are the first thing Hashem created. They're voracious. So therefore, when we talk about these numbers of 48, 49, and 50, I apologize, I'm just, I was just thinking about these things this morning, I wrote a few notes, so it's, uh, it's straight, it's, it's fresh out of the oven, so therefore I need a little bit of help to do this, it's the first time I'm saying some of these things. So therefore, when we talk about these numbers of sphere of 49, and Shavuos being 50, and as the Ramban says, that's parallel to the idea of Shemitah, which is seven years, and seven Shemitahs is 49, and then Yovel, where everything goes back to its source, all the slaves go free, everyone returns to their achuzat, to their own goal in Eretz Yisrael, where they originally are supposed to be. And everything goes back, and there's Shochei, Yovel, Hema, sorry, when the Yovel blows, so, right? Across him, Drogo, Aretz, Lechol, Yoshvel, right, where is that Pasuk written? Across him, Drogo, Aretz, Lechol, Yoshvel, you should proclaim liberty throughout the land to all of its inhabitants. Where is that Pasuk written? On the Liberty Bell, right? <laughs> it's on the Liberty Bell, right? Which we have a replica here in Israel. You go on dates, right? Schumacher was talking about Shadu. Yeah, okay. But there's the Liberty Bell, the replica, right? The cross and draw, that's what Yovel is. It's a time where everything goes back to its source. So when we talk about, and the Ramban says that that's here. At Parshas Emor, we learned about Sphira. Parshas Bahar, we learned about the Sphira of Yovel. And the Ramban, in his introduction to the Chumash, the Ramban over there says, he says, he quotes the Chazal, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, which says, the Chamishim Sha'arei Bino Nivru Ba'olam. There are 50 gates of understanding. And Moshe Rabbeinu, most people can understand up to 48. Moshe Rabbeinu is 49. And the 50th level can only be conceived by Kodesh Baruch Hu, means the Apostle, the Chasher, Ma'at Melokim. Moshe Rabbeinu is, everyone is obviously, Moshe Rabbeinu is only slightly below the understanding of Kodesh Baruch Hu. And that's the 49th level of understanding. So there's 48, 49, and 50. And we count all the way through. We even count the 49th. And then we don't count the 50th. The 50th is Matan Teres, Kabbalah the closest the world has ever gotten to HaKadosh Baruch So therefore, I'd like to expand on this idea a little bit more. Okay? The highest level of understanding, which I said is 48, is, like we said, what does it mean 48 levels of understanding? It means to grasp 48 different parts of the world. And each part is higher and higher and higher. It says the idea of the 48 is all the different parts of the world, the domain, the part of the world which is inanimate, and then the tzomeach, the idea of understanding things that are greater than that. It's not just that it's inanimate, it's vegetable, it's animal, it's human. Words, each one of them is a certain type of higher level of connection to the Shabbat. The more you're alive, so to speak, the closer you are to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'll give an example. It says that the Beis Amikdash was created, created Evan Shlema Masa Nivne. 
created by complete stones, Maso, they traveled. And Chazal say that the stones of the Beis Mikdash themselves picked themselves up and inserted them into the wall of the Beis Mikdash and they rebuilt themselves. What does that mean? It means that the Beis Mikdash was, the inanimate objects of the Beis Mikdash were lifted to a higher level of Kedusha. They didn't re- remain down on a lower gateway. They lifted themselves to a higher level. And everything in the world, in some way, they can't travel, a stone can't make itself a person. But used in the proper way, it's more connected to a Kedush Baruch Hu, and it has a different existence. So therefore, we talk about 48 levels. We're talking about perceiving HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a higher and higher. In words, I understand the part of the parts of the world that are more distant from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As I understand more, I become to understand things that are closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I work my way through all these different levels till I've understood the connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as much as I can understand in the world of being connected to Hashem. And I can, within we, we can, Bezus Hashem, we work, Halavai, we can get to that level of the 48 understandings of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Meshe Rabbeinu, as much as he, the only thing that kept it for understanding everything in the world completely in its connection to Hashem, was a slight little bit of Gashmius he had. In fact, there's a Chazal that's almost scary to say. It says, Meshe Rabbeinu, from his lower half down was an Adam, from his upper half he was Elohim. I wouldn't say such words, except that the Medrash says it. Meshe Rabbeinu, the only thing that kept him from a complete connection was that little part of it's Mirein Gashmi. And the truth is, when Meshe Rabbeinu was Nifter, he was nifted with Misas Neshikon, with a, a, a death of being connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the word Neshikon literally means. And at that point, there was no boundary, so to speak, between Meshur Rabbeinu and complete Ruchnius, and his Neshama just left, and reattached itself back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's the 50th level. So, what we're doing during Sfira is we're supposed to be making ourselves closer and closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Understanding the world on higher and higher levels till we're actually ready to be Makabal Taylor. That's the idea of 48, 49, and 50 in a, in, a simple, in a short way. Where's the source for this? What can we actually do? So it's brought down in many different places. As far as I could find, the earliest mention of this is in the Maral. If someone is familiar with an earlier mention, I'll be very happy. But it's brought down in the Maral, and it's mentioned in the Hamidim of Israel Salanta, the founder of the Muslim movement. It's mentioned among the Chassidim, the Sassamis mentions it specifically, which is something you do during Sphere. You know, because we all count. Al Sphere Omer, we say the day, and people say it with lots of kavana, and people shake back and forth. But 32? 33? What does that mean? How can I make that myself? So there are Svarim which talk about it. So, one thing which is what I'm about to say to my Rao, Gisrael, the Chassidus, is there's a Mishnah. In the sixth parak of Pirkei Avos, which is there are memches kinyani Torah, there are forty-eight ways to acquire the Torah, and like I said, the Maral throughout since the Maral and onwards, and like I said, if someone has an earlier mention of it, people would go through the forty-eight kinyani Torah one a day. Now, what does it mean a kinyan Torah? So let's start with what they are. If you go through the kinyani Torah, there the ways by which to acquire. By the way, what are you learning? Which Gemara? Sanhedrin? Okay, I don't know if there's much Kenyan in Sanhedrin. But if you learned Kedushin, and if you learned, you know, Bab Metziah, Sukkah, Lulva Gozel, there's something called the Kenyan. 
You acquire something. Right? Uh, what? Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So where, what, I didn't catch what did you say? Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. So there, there's Kenyan and they're also there. Ah, that's what you learn now. Okay, so you're learning Kenyan. So what does it mean to be kaida? <laughs> what? So what does it mean to be kaida? What does it mean to acquire something? So the word Kenyan is very interesting. The word Kenyan is taught like the word Zokin. Zokin means Zekonachachma. It seems the Shemesh of it is from a famous mitzvah. The mitzvah of Kan Sipor. The nest of a bird. Why? Because the word Kan means my place. This is, where I, this is where I hatch my eggs. This is where I grow. This is where I'm attached to this. This is where I am. There's even a word that's used in English, nesting. When a person finds their place and they sort of settle into it, and this is now my place. The word king comes from something that's not just something I happen to have. The word king is something that I made mine. We all can understand the difference. You know, When you get something as a present, and then something happens to it. Easy come, easy go. It's a little bit more valuable, less valuable. But a person worked really hard, and they they worked and they put away their money, dollar by dollar, shekel by shekel, till they finally had enough to acquire something they really wanted. And something happens to that. It's my life is in that thing. In that thing is every ounce of my breath and my blood and my sweat. That I really, that's part of me. The thing that you own more than anything. Be your child. You don't own your child. But you are invested in it. The word kinyin comes from this word kan. A zaking. What is a zaking? Someone acquired chachma. Someone put all this time and effort through his life to acquire. Right? That's what the word kinyin comes from. So, kinyin tayra doesn't just mean I learned tayra. I was kind of tayra. It's a way by which a person acquires tayra. It's way by which a person makes his Torah an inherent part of themselves. Right? A, a Chiddush that you said, something you learned. Okay, I learned it. But something that you worked on, and you developed a Chiddush, and you made it, it becomes a part of you. I had a Rebbe. Did anyone ever read the book All for the Boss? It's actually about the Scheinbergs, yeah? So it took the Rebbe, it's in shame, Muhammad shame. So her son, the one she writes about, who was born in the in Mir, so he was my Rebbe when I was in ninth grade. And actually the Mir Yeshiva in Brooklyn. And probably the youngest student of the Mir. And what, something that happened when I was in ninth grade, I remember to this day. He had, very, also, he had a very unusual voice. And I was on the plane once, either to or from Eretz Yisrael. I heard someone dominating. I realized it was him. And I went over, I told him this. So we were learning once. It was probably, I think it was Ksubis. And we'd spent a half hour going through Pnei Yeshua. And one guy in the back of the class is asleep. Half asleep. Two-thirds asleep. And as we finished this whole half-hour discussion, all of a sudden he woke up. He goes, huh? He said, let me look at Rashi, there's a question. And he asked the Pnei Yeshua, we just spent a half-hour talking about. You know what he said to him? He said, for everyone else, it's Pnei Yeshua's kasha. For you, it's your kasha. First of all, chinuch, and not putting someone down. <laughs> you know? Most rebellion at that point, you go, Right? And second of all, he explained, I understood from that what it means that it's your kasha. How many times have we learned to pay Yeshua, learned to say, learned, you know, whatever? It's a nice kasha. No, it bothers me. I was, I want, I, a taught, Shumacher mentioned, students. I once got a call from a student in Memphis, Tennessee. 
he got married two or three months earlier, and he called me up with the Shiloh. He said, the ring I used to make Kedushin, if the credit company, the credit card company just called me up and said, You're, we ended up refusing your credit, and the jewelry store wants the ring back. Maybe I used that for Kedushin. <laughs> Am I married? You know, I told him, I said, that's way above my pay grade. <laughs> I said, this is at least 20 years ago. I said, you have Refrain Greenblatt in, in Memphis, right? If you want to ask anyone Shias and get in Kedushin, go ask him. If anyone, he was Nifter a year ago. And he was one of the world's experts. In, I said, go ask him, don't ask me. But think about it. He had a whole chasana. He had a whole chasana. A band and a caterer and a photographer. And he stood under the chuppah and there were two. But one little thing was missing. So there's no Kenyan. You kind of tell you if you know the Kenyan. Right? The over there that you mentioned, right? So is the Kenyan government? Is that a Kenyan? Is not a Kenyan? How does it work? Right? Is it a Kenyan or not? When you learn Kedusha, when you learn, you know, other things. So is it a Kenyan or is it not a Kenyan? And you might do almost everything, but if you're missing the one little technical detail, it's not a Kenyan. If we don't have the Kenyan Torah, we might have learned Torah, but we never were kind of Torah. There's a difference between someone who learned Torah and someone who's kind of Torah. Right? When you're kind of something, it's part of you. We say, I'm so you're one unit. When you really buy something, so that it's part of you. Right? It, it's so much yours, you're talking about Kenyan Dublin, so much yours, someone tries to take it from you, you're allowed to kill them. Because this is a part of me. I won't be able to say, you know what, it's okay, take it. Because it's a part of me. I made a Kenyan on it. And I'm allowed to kill somebody else because of that, because I won't be able to restrain myself. That's a Kenyan. So in all, one of the ideas, this idea that all these Gedolim said, was to go through the Memchas Kenyan Eitera. Because we're not just being makabal Torah. We're not passive makabal Torah. We're, we're being kind of the Torah. And those 48 ways are ways to be kind of the Torah. And if you look at them, it's very interesting. They don't say photographic memory. They don't say an IQ of 180. They say be a nice guy. Be someone who's ohuv. Someone who's ohuv. I have to, whatever, just along the way. I understood when I was learning this Mishnah before, before Svira. So I understood what Ahuv was. I was talking to a Mashgiach in Shivaktavi, you know, in a high school here in Yushalayim. And I mentioned the name, particularly a Baruch who had learned in the, who learned with him. And he started to like smile, like the ghost of a smile played across, played across his face. I said, Chaiko, what's, he said, whenever this boy's name is mentioned, he's been out of the yeshiva now for six, seven years, he's married with a kid, whenever for some reason this boy's name is mentioned, every one of the rebbeim has this little smile. He was just a boy that everyone, he gave us nachas and davening and learning and midos and midos and l'chavero. And even though it's seven years, eight years after he's been in yeshiva, but he's the kind of person when you mention his name, ah, if you're an ahuv, it's like, loves you too. Because you can't be an ahuv to people if you don't love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves you, you're going to be Makabal Torah. You're going to be Kaina Torah. And those are the things that goes through this mission. Many of them seem to be on the Lomakom. Not the greatest in Ben Lomakom. Or Shumacher can testify to that. 
But there's, how many times have you yelled at your wife? But okay, there's, <laughs> but there's the idea of being a person who Baruch is connected with because you're connected to Klai Yisrael. Baruch Hu loves you in his world. Right? That's a kind of terror. That, that's, that's, we don't want to just be macabre. We don't just hear the Torah, get the Torah. Get the Torah is passive. Macabre is you make yourself into a clique keyboard. You make yourself into a vessel which can hold the Torah. Because otherwise the Torah just goes through you. You didn't make a Kenyan on it. There's a machoikis about whether or not the 48 Kenyan Torah, you need all 48 to make the Kenyan, or each one of them is its own Kenyan. Help me passing like the one that each one is its own Kenyan. Well, depend on that sheet. I mean, unless somebody, unless really we should do all 48. But hopefully it will depend on at least anyone. But this idea of the 48 Kenyanic Torah is actually very fascinating. I was learning, does anyone, I don't know, does anybody have time to learn Dafyomi? You're busy studying in the Shishim Sechdis. But in Dafyomi, a few days ago, I was learning Balabat and we learned Dafyomi. And I was learning my Chavusa Dafyomi. And I noticed that there's a whole discussion in Saita about how many brisim, how many covenants there are on each mitzvah. And the different shittas, but they all say there are 48 brisim. Each mitzvah has 48. And that struck a note with me. Because there's 48 kinyani terror. So each mitzvah has 48 ways to acquire it. And then it struck other things. Zemar Megillah, which I'm sure people are familiar with. There are 48 Nevi'im. Right? There are 48 Nevi'im whose Nevu'ah is written down in Tanakh. And you know what? And then there's a 49th Nevi. You know that is? That's Moshe Rebbein. As we say, Lokom Bistroch Moshe Oit. Shem Moshe Rebbeinu, who avlu Nevi'im akaydu l'fanu v'anachrov. Moshe Rebbeinu is the source of Nevu'ah. 48 Nevi'im and a 49th. Right? What does that mean? What does it mean, what does it mean there are 48 Nevi'im? So you say, Rebzadok Haim Lublin mentions this in Paikir HaKarim, and he says, this is Yisrael. The Torah never repeats itself. Right? He's talking over there about the six women who are Koros and Tanakh. And each one opened up another gate of how to connect to a Kodesh Baruch Hu to be Zohar to a child. He said, each one's teaching us something else. And I thought the same thing is true with the Nevoah. Each Novi is bringing out a Chiddush. It's bringing out a different type of Nevoah. It's bringing out a different way to understand what Kodesh Baruch Hu is saying. And Tzvazemah says that the 48 Nevi'im are the 48 Kinyan Eteru. That's what they are. And if you keep on going, there's a phenomenal, unbelievable Medrash, which I just saw today. I mean, it's, it's, it's an understanding of the Medrash. The Me'ashilah, the Ishbitzer says this. He says, Moshe Rabbeinu recognized the Kodesh Baruch Hu when he was 48 years old, in the middle of Dar Palaga. Which says, means Moshe Rabbeinu worked through the 48 Kinyanim, I'm sorry, Avraham Avinu, excuse me, Avraham Avinu, right? Worked through the 48 Kinyanim. And when he finally had gone through those, he com- completely recognized the Kodesh Baruch in all 48 ways that you can. Now someone's going to ask you, wait a minute. He was one year old, he was two years old, he was three years old. And anyways, the Rambam says, that, Ekev Asher Shom Avraham B'Kaili. Of a man of Rome, of Yenu's 175 years, three of them, he didn't recognize the Kodesh Baruch In parentheses, someone wrote a series of books. I hope no one here knows what I'm talking about. The little Avram, the little Rivka, you know, of Rome, of Yenu lying on his back, cute little kid, looking up in the sky, 
look, the son must be the one in control. And I felt something was wrong. Of course, at the time when our kids were very little, someone gave us some of these books. And I went to my to my other Rebbe, Rosh Hashanah, he said, Rebbe, do you like these books? Always was like, you know, started off like, you know, it's good, right? And he would, of course, then set me straight. But he said, no. Because we, we happen that if we picture Avram Vinu as your regular three-year-old lying in a meadow staring up at the sun, we don't understand what Avram Vinu was at three years old. We have to, we can tell the story to our children, but we can't embed it in them as a picture. Because then they'll remain with that. We have to allow them, to, if it's a picture, they never get the ability to expand and understand it on a deeper level, which is what Chazal really want to tell us. But what about those three years? So I one time heard about a particular person who had come closer to Kodesh Baruch Hu, and he left, he became, he was a humongous Hamachacham, and an unbelievably, he was a damn, an unbelievably special person. And he was Nifter Young, was the great. He was actually a, he was a he had a PhD in classics from Oxford in Greek and Latin, and he was one of the as a result in his knowledge of languages he's one of the along the way he's also one of the world's biggest experts in Aramaic dictum. I'm sure everyone here really loves learning Aramaic dictum, you know. So you know, and he was it's not hard to be one of the world's biggest experts because there's only two other people, but he really was, you know, he really was, and. Um, and he was Nifty Young. And more at the Hesped, one of the people who spoke about him said that he said, he quoted a Chazal, which brings a Pasuk, L'chot tal yal dusecho. And the Medrash says on that Pasuk, Avram Yechamsko Shbochu, it says, okay, I got 172 years. What about those three years? Shem says, L'chot tal yal dusecho. I'll take those three years and also make them as if you're being Ayyad Hashem then too. So you ask about Avram Avinu's 48 years. All 48 years, each one somehow became part of Avram Avinu's connection to HaKadosh Baruch So Avram Avinu went through, Avram Avinu went through all these stages. But there's another Medrash. It says, you know how many times it says the word Ger in the Torah? 48 times. Because who's Mechabal Torah? Who's Kainah Torah more than someone who comes? Like Rus. Right? And Avram himself is the Rishon Ligeir. But there's another Chazal. It says, it says in the Torah 48 times the word Be'er. Because the Be'er, the Be'er of Miriam represents our Torah. And that's why there's what's known as Shira Sabe'er, right? In Parashas Chukas. It says Shira Sabe'er. The Shira of Kriyas Yamsuf is Oz Yashir Moshe Ubnei Yisrael. Shira Sabe'er is Oz Yashir Bnei Yisrael. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was above that. He was not part of the Shira of 48 times. Because his shiur is the 49th. Because the kinyanim, or what we do, Moshe Rabbeinu is on a whole different level. He's, right, he was already, the whole, he came into the world in such a way. So therefore the idea of these 48 kinyanim is what we're going through. And lastly, but where do we get the kaya for it? And I'll, I'll finish with this, because I don't want to interfere with the Sidre Yeshiva. There's the Zayar Kadosh. That the Fasemis brings. It's appropriate to finish with the Zayra Kadosh. He says that in Shemaim, every in Ganeiden, every day forty-eight drops of dew of Tal come down into the world, and those who make themselves the Be'er to get them, they're the ones who each day are able to be Mechadish Torah. 
Because as much as the Torah comes from us, obviously has to be connected to the Torah up, up above. So every day there's this Kinyone Torah, these abilities to be kind of the Torah, because Baruch Hu gives us Siyata Dishmaya. Because Baruch Hu sends it down to us. Through Tal. Right? What is Tal? There is Tal and Geshem. Tal, everyone loves Tal. Right? No one, you never anyone would say, oh, there was too much to do today, it's hard to go out. Yeah. Yeah? Because Shmuel sends rain, he shouldn't listen to the Tfilos of those people who were planning a Tfilos that day or whatever they were planning today, it's raining too much. It doesn't say, Tfilos to the people who don't want Tal. Shmuel sends us beautiful Torah every single day. We have to make ourselves a Be'er to be able to catch it. And then we get those Kinyanim, Kinyanim of our Torah, right? which is a Torah not just the Torah of being Mechadish, but the Torah of making ourselves into this cleave for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we understand the world the way Avraham Avinu, who went through each one of these Kinyanim to ultimately be the one, Kel He recognized the entire world is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Kinyan. We put ourselves like that, then we're ready to be Mechavah HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah, and to be Kain HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah, not just to, you know, to learn it, you know, I'll finish with this. I think I said I'll finish with this three times. People have this bad habit. They have to get out of it. But, Leshvus, we're going to learn the whole night. We want to try to learn the whole night. So we make a gallon of coffee. You know, Pepsi Max, that has like three times the amount of caffeine that there usually is in anything. We'll have Ruggalach and we'll have Nash. That's what we need to do. But the real way to learn Leshvus is you're so attached to what it is, you can't tear yourself away from it. You couldn't go to sleep if you wanted to. Because I'm being kind of the Torah. And sadly enough, many of us have probably read a book at some point in our lives that we stayed up all night till we finished it. We should be kind of the Torah in a way that that book is our Gemara and our other Svarim that we're learning, and that's the way we make ourselves into someone who's kind of the Torah as true as comes.